This Christmas, I've been thinking a lot recently about hope. Hope, that audacious quality that allows us to keep going when things don't make sense, or when we feel broken, or when we just can't see the way forward. Hope, that thing that we cling to, that gives us strength. I see hope laced throughout our Christmas story. Hope that overcomes, hope that strengthens, hope that is sometimes unbelievable. We have a story of a young teenage girl visited by an angel, told that somehow she would bear the Christ, the Anointed One. Sort of too much for us to wrap our heads around. How does this even make sense? And yet, Mary hopes. She hopes for something better, for a better world where God is truly with us. A world where, in her words, the mighty are cast down from their thrones and the lowly are lifted up. A world where the hungry are filled with good things, where the rich are sent empty away. And then we have Joseph, a man who didn't understand, a man who planned to do the right thing, to dismiss Mary quietly, to avoid as much pain and disgrace as possible. A man whose vision changed with a visit from the angel. A man who in that moment began to hope. A man who, because of that hope, took Mary to his ancestral town, even though she was quite pregnant near that long journey. Then we have the shepherds that we heard about last night. Simple, working people to whom the angels appeared in the midst of their everyday work told them, good tidings of great joy, and they rushed off in hope. They didn't even think. They just went immediately. I really think that it, it was hope that drove them at this point. I mean, what they've been told was too incredible to believe. Of course, it was given by messengers that are too incredible to believe. But they went. When they heard that the Messiah, the Anointed One, the One, who came with liberation and love was born in Bethlehem. Hope drove them to the unlikely stable, to an unlikely king born in a manger. Hope that a better world was coming near, a better way of being. Hope that the fulfillment of everything they longed for was coming close, that the things they treasured in their hearts was made manifest that their deepest desires that they may have shared with few, if any, were about to be. And then we arrive at this morning's Gospel, this lovely hymn from the Gospel of John, this hymn that has inspired so much thought over the past 2,000 years, this poetic language trying to encapsulate the grandeur and the mystery of the Incarnation. We just heard, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What had come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people, the light shines in the darkness, 
and the darkness did not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. These beautiful, enigmatic words put into language the joy that we celebrate this morning. While in Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke we heard last night, we have more traditional narratives, sort of storytelling going on, the author of John transports us to a cosmic scale. The Word, the one who was and who is and who is to come. The eternal, the immortal, who took on the mortal, became wrapped in human flesh on this day. The one through whom all things came to be became one of those created things. Divinity, the holy other, in the mundane, the everyday, the ordinary, where you and I are breaking apart the chains that hold us forcing open death's grip upon us, offering liberation, fullness, and fulfillment. I feel hope pulsing strongly through this passage. Hope in the stooping of the words to earth. Hope in the eternal becoming temporary for our sake. Hope in the idea that the divine lived among us as one of us, sanctifying the whole of humanity, hope of the redemption of all life through the Incarnation, and hope particularly in this metaphor of light, the light that is so bright and so uncorrupted that darkness can't overcome it. I think I see hope here because there is so much darkness in our world. The darkness of society, the darkness of greed, the drive for ever-increasing profits that keeps people in poverty, the darkness of hate, of racism, of sexism, of homophobia. We could list on and on the darkness of war, the indiscriminate killing of people. You think of Ukraine and all the other places where war is. But hope comes because none of these things can overcome the light. Then there's the darkness that we don't have control over, the darkness of illness, the darkness that comes with a sudden and devastating diagnosis the darkness of loss, the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, the loss of the sense of self. And yet still none of these things can overcome the light. And then we have the darkness of the self, the darkness of the parts of ourselves that we're ashamed of or we want to keep hidden, that we don't think are good enough or holy enough, the darkness in our thoughts about ourselves, the darkness in the thoughts about others, the darkness of our actions when we don't do what we want to do or ought to do, the darkness that comes when we act contrary to who we are, beloved children, created in the image of a God who loves, a God who is love. Yet even this darkness 
even these things cannot drown out the light. Nothing can corrupt the incorruptible. And through immortal participation in the mortal, we are set free. This is our hope this morning. This is the hope of Christmas. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. My dear friends, be of good hope, always love, and have a very Merry Christmas. Amen.